0: Did you say humans live here also?
1: Asked Liz.
0: Yes, but we try to stay clear of them. All humans are the same. There's no diversity in language, culture, or even color. What do you mean then, lass?
1: Welcome to the Epic Order of the Seven, the podcast, with your hosts, Max and Liz. This podcast is brought to you by Playful World Ministries, Max, Liz, and all the characters and adventures of the Epic Order of the Seven were created by and written by Jenny L. Cody. On today's episode, you'll hear chapter 36 from the Ark, the Reed, and the Fire Cloud. And later, we'll take a trip to Jenny's Corner where we'll ask about a different kind of creature that we haven't discussed much yet. A weird, bizarre creature unlike any other. Oh, the humanity, oops. Forget you heard that part. <laughs> uh, and now, the brave Scottish Terrier and la petite and brillante French cat that need no introduction. Uh well? Uh
0: Monsieur Announcer Hey Announcer lad! Uh yeah? Well, aren't you going to
1: say our names then? Why would I do that? Well, perhaps because it is part of your job? Well I just got done saying. The Scottish Terrier and French Cat Who Need No Introduction. And? Well, if you don't need an introduction, then what's the point?
0: Hmm. Uh, you know, my canine friend? I, I do believe Monsieur Renoncer has a point. It does? Oui. Uh, for if we need no introduction, it's uh, because everyone already knows our names, right? Uh, uh Doggy? Huh? Oh, aye, uh, me feline friend. And besides, uh, Monsieur uh, Terrier, as an announcer, it is not necessary to say names every week. Of course not. Uh, cat, or... Uh... It is uh, polite, of course. Ay, it would be the polite thing to do. Uh, it would show some good character, then, eh, uh, Kitty? Oui, uh, but good manners, uh, you know, being polite, uh, What do they matter, huh? Exactly. Who needs them? Well said. Uh, cat? All right,
1: you made your point. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, cats and dogs, and anyone else tuning in, it gives me great pleasure to introduce the amazing hosts of this show, whose names certainly bear repeating every single time, (laughs) Max and Liz.
0: No, was that so hard, uh, Denny?
1: No, and I apologize for, wait. Wait, what? What? Wait, what? what Welcome, it? everybody.
0: What did you call me just Bonjour, now? Bonjour, No, but I... and uh, we apologize for our announcer lad, whose name is.
1: Well, he's just a person, you know, but... a human being. Then. We well, yeah,
0: but... oui, and you know how they can be. I. But sometimes they can be real turkeys, uh, so to speak. But today we shall challenge that theory. We shall. We. Oui. For the last couple of episodes, uh, we have traveled all over the world finding many other animals following the fire cloud. Aye, from uh, Canada and Australia and Russia and uh, even Africa. But today, we catch up to our own merry band of animals as we traverse our way across Europe. And in today's episode, uh, we meet up with some real turkeys.
1: Chapter 36, Stuffed Turkeys Liz's assessment was right. With the addition of the two horses to their travel party, the animals made much better time. The fire cloud continued to draw them southward, gradually shifting to the east as the animals trekked through Romania and then Bulgaria. Challenges were continually placed before the animals on their journey, including another scary encounter with wolves in the Romanian forest. But somehow, the maker always came through for them, enabling them to overcome whatever challenge or obstacle blocked their way. The animals reached a beautiful sea and enjoyed traveling along the coast for days. Al, swept up in a moment of romantic passion for Liz, decided to return her gift of naming the Alps for him. He decided he would name this sea after Liz's beauty. Being simple-minded, he just called it the Black Sea.
0: Oh, Al-Bell, you shouldn't have. "'How sweet of you to think of me!'
1: said Liz as she rubbed her head against his long whiskers. They were sitting on top of Isabella the cow, who smiled at all she heard.
0: "'The big beautiful sea reminds me of how big me love is for me beautiful Black Liz,'
1: said Al with a goofy grin on his face. Max rolled his eyes at Al and Liz. Why
0: do you really think anyone would call those mountains the Alps or that sea, the Black Sea, just because you named it yourselves, then? But someone has to name these things, mon ami, like your beloved Scotland, who named your fair land,
1: asked Liz, knowing she would stump Max on this one. Max wrinkled his brow as he started to speak but couldn't think of a reply.
0: Well, I'm sure a fine, intelligent creature gave Scotland its name. It Who's to say that we have not marked the Alps and the Black Sea by name for all time?
1: Asked Liz rhetorically.
0: Of course the creature who named Scotland were intelligent. Ah, well enough. I won't argue with the two of you. Enjoy your
1: name gifts to each other. Tis a sweet gesture, then said Max, smiling as he sat on top of Giorgio, the horse. Let them have their fantasies, Max thought to himself. No harm with that. Their intentions are to honor their mates, not themselves. Max decided it was time to get down, to keep his legs from cramping. If you don't mind, laddie, would you please let me off your back so I can stretch? asked Max. Si, signor replied Giorgio, stopping and kneeling down so Max could jump off the horse's back. Max stretched out long and then gave a good shake from head to tail. Kate giggled at how fluffy Max looked right after he shook like that. His black fur stuck out in all directions, like Al looked after a terrific fright. Kate sat on top of Pauline, the brown mare, and looked lovingly at Max.
0: I think I will name the next big shrub I see the shaken Max said Kate. Because that's how you look, me love. Max looked
1: up at Kate and had to laugh. <laughs> well, I think we've had enough of naming places
0: and things today. Besides, I don't think you'll be seeing many big shrubs here. This land we're in looks dry. Any idea of where we are, Liz?
1: Liz looked around from atop the cow. The land had indeed turned arid and much more rugged the farther inland they traveled from the Black Sea. They were now entering a desert region, and it was getting hotter by the day. In the distance loomed a huge, snow-capped mountain high above the horizon. Liz felt a chill up her spine, but not at the thought of the snow on top of that mountain. It was something she couldn't quite put her paw on. She had a sense of destiny, yet foreboding about it. They had traveled around the mountain from a distance for several days. The more Liz studied it, the more she felt a shared destiny with that mountain. It didn't make sense. The fire cloud wasn't over that mountain, so it obviously wasn't their destination. Liz shook it off and asked Isabella to let her down. Al jumped off too.
0: We are somewhere in Asia, and this is a desert climate. We must conserve our energy and travel only in the early morning hours and evening time so we can rest during the hottest part of the day. Water will be increasingly difficult to find here, said Liz. And Isabella, uh, stay out of that seed sack, s'il vous plaît.
1: They had strapped Liz's seed sack around Isabella's neck when they were in Austria. Food had been plentiful, so the seeds posed no temptation to the ever-hungry cow. But now there would be little grass to chew in this rugged, arid land.
0: You heard, madame, if I see you so much as sneeze too hard at those seeds, I will peck at your hooves,
1: threatened Henriette, getting eye to eye with the big cow. The fat hen sat next to Jacques on top of Don Pedro. Jacques and the bull both rolled their eyes. Aye, and that means me read, too. No nibbling on it, then, added Max.
0: See, I hear all of you. I will leave the seeds and the reed alone. But what will I eat?
1: The cow asked Liz. The same question was on the mind of every animal there. Rudy and Rosie flew over to land on Don Pedro's horns, waiting for an answer as well.
0: I will need to inspect the landscape and study our situation, replied Liz. And pray,
1: she thought to herself.
0: Everyone, stop and take a rest for now. Uh, But Giorgio, uh, please stay awake, mon ami. We don't want you running off again, no?
1: The black stallion lowered his head in agreement. His sleep-running problem made him bolt away from the group at times, embarrassing him. Max had developed quite a repertoire of songs to have ready to sing to the big horse in order to wake him there certainly was never a dull moment with this group. Well, we hope you're enjoying this episode of the Epic Order of the Seven, the podcast, and Chapter 36 of The Ark, The Reed, and The Fire Cloud. And as you're listening, we want to remind you, you can download your very own copy of the audiobook by visiting www.audible.com. And you can find the entire collection of the Epic Order of the Seven on Jenny's website, www.epicorderoftheseven.com. That's epicorderoftheseven.com. Well, back to our story now as our group of animals is about to meet a very interesting couple who actually named their country after themselves. You heard right. The sun was high in the sky. Liz looked up and couldn't help but think that the sun and the fire cloud looked like partners. Both burned brightly and in harmony against the blue sky. Both served as guides, the sun for time and the fire cloud for place. As Liz silently talked to the Maker while looking skyward, two dark shadows flew over her.
0: Hey, it's a pair of, of, of,
1: said Kate eagerly, not quite knowing what to call the large birds who awkwardly landed in their midst. Clearly, they weren't the best of flyers. Turkeys, said the male turkey as they landed and flapped their large wings on the ground, obviously out of breath and gobbling.
0: Bonjour, monsieur et madame,
1: said Liz, amused by the appearance of the birds. Their feathers were dusky brown with an iridescent bronze sheen and black lines. Their side feathers were a white, checkered pattern. Their heads and necks were rather bare and bluish-red looking as if the feathers had just been plucked off, revealing mottled, bumpy skin beneath. Their tails were shaped like fans, spread out to reveal chestnut feathers tipped in white. The male looked down at Liz with beady little black eyes, puffing up the long, feathered beard on his breast. Liz couldn't stop staring at the snood, the fleshy blue-red wattle that hung from their beaks. She tried not to be so obvious, but it was rather distracting to look at.
0: Uh, Allow me to introduce myself. I am Lisette Briand, and these are my friends. We have traveled for weeks from Europe and are following the fire cloud. Uh, May I ask your names?
1: Liz asked, trying not to stare at their snoods. You may, the female turkey replied with a tone of superiority. Liz looked at them and then at Max, who shook his head, and at Rudy and Rosie, who shrugged their tiny shoulders.
0: Uh, "'Well, then, uh, what are your names?'
1: she asked again.
0: "'You may. My name is You May, and this is my husband,
1: Can,' said the female turkey.
0: "'Oh, I see. Uh, uh, pardon. And can you tell me where we are?'
1: asked Liz, trying to keep a straight face. "'Why, yes, I can,' said Can, flipping his snood over his beak, appearing smug. You are in Turkey, of course. (sighs) Ah, more daft beasts naming places after themselves, mumbled Max under his breath. Shh, be
0: polite, Max,
1: said Kate. She was always delighted to meet new creatures and didn't want to appear rude. The turkeys, however, didn't seem concerned about being impolite. They were rather haughty as they talked to the animals. We are in Turkey, and you are turkeys? Liz asked studying the large birds.
0: Uh, May I ask which name came first? Liz was
1: tickled by these birds, but ever curious to gather new information. We named it, of course, said Can. I knew it, muttered Max before addressing the turkeys. And I suppose that creatures everywhere
2: will be calling this land Turkey just because you named it. Our great land is deserving of a name that reflects majesty and beauty. Have you traveled through our land and seen the lush coastal areas and the beautiful forests? We have mountains, valleys, plains, beaches, rivers, lakes, and beautiful woodlands. A land so remarkable can only have a name that describes its grandeur. So we have named this land after ourselves. For we are obviously the most majestic, exotic, beautiful creatures in the land said Can, flipping his snood to the other side of his nose in a gesture of snobbery. Much better than any of the other inhabitants here, especially those humans.
1: Max was chuckling under his breath as the pompous bird spoke, but stopped when he heard that humans lived in Turkey. He looked at Liz and they exchanged a moment of silent concern. Max had shared with Liz everything Gilliman told him about the humans. Liz was also well familiar with the troubled race, having heard the stories passed down from her ancestors. They knew that the presence of humans would mean trouble.
0: Uh, Humans? Did you say humans live here also? asked Liz. Yes, but we try to stay clear of them. Such boring creatures they are. All humans are the same. There's no diversity in language, culture, or even color,
1: you may explained.
0: Uh, what do you mean then, lass? Asked Max. Well, I assume you animals are from different countries, as you have different accents. We in the animal kingdom enjoy variety. We have different languages, looks, cultural traditions, and unique traits. But these humans are all the same. One language, one culture. One bad culture, I might add.
2: They are a hostile bunch, may said as she looked down her nose at Max. And I submit that we in the animal kingdom are much smarter than humans, too. We often know when things will happen even before they do, like the frequent earthquakes here in Turkey. We feel them sometimes a day before they happen. The humans are always caught by surprise. Panicking whenever the earth rumbles. I'm telling you, these humans could learn much about life by watching us. Added Can.
0: Hmm, there is some truth to what you say, monsieur. So what do you recommend to avoid encounters with these humans?
2: Asked Liz. An encounter with humans is inevitable now that you are in this land. But you will soon be out of Turkey, the land just beyond is the border with Persia. We're headed that way No, explained Can,
1: pointing to the border lined with jagged rocks. Why don't you two join us then? offered Kate with her peppy grin. The self-righteous turkeys didn't offend her. She thought them to be rather interesting and funny.
2: Why join you? Why would we want to? We prefer to travel by ourselves and can reach the destination sooner "'By leaving, no,'
1: answered Can, oblivious of how insulting he was. "'Well, be off with you then, turkeys,' growled Max, not liking these birds a bit, especially after that degrading reply to Kate.
0: And "'May I ask one more question before you leave?'
1: asked Liz, as the turkeys readied for flight.
0: "'Is there a name given to that mountain in the distance there, the one capped with snow?'
2: Everett. It's called Mount
1: Ararat, Kan said, as he and Yumei took off flying toward the fire cloud. Their bodies looked awkward in the air, and it took them a while to get steady as they flew. Ah, good riddance. Those bird's heads
0: were stuffed with delusions of grandeur. I never seen such arrogant beasties. Turkeys. It would serve them right if the humans got a hold of them,
1: complained Max. Liz wasn't listening. She continued to stare at Mount Ararat, still feeling disturbed in her spirit about that place. But what did it matter? The fire cloud had led them around the mountain, not to it. Now that they were headed into Persia, there were other pressing matters to think of. There were humans in this land. It was obvious that the fire cloud was leading the animals to a certain encounter with humans. What? Liz wondered
0: will happen when we encounter them. Oh, I do remember that day so vividly. Uh, To that point, we'd never seen a human. We'd heard they can be real turkeys. But we did meet some real turkeys, and they talked as if humans were not very nice. Aye, and they didn't have a lot of room for talking then, did they? But our journey was obviously headed towards some humans. And that leads us on a short journey, a wee trip over to Jenny's corner, and our author lass, and might I add, a fine human being, Miss Jenny Cootie.
3: Hey, Max and Liz, what are you two curious about today? Well, today we have a question from Hannah. Uh, it goes
0: along with our concerns about humans. Uh, Hannah,
3: Miss Jenny, you have all these talking animals in the story. So, is it hard to figure out how to add the humans? In their stories? Actually, isn't that kind of a funny thing? The story ultimately is about the humans and Noah's ark in Genesis, but you're right, I had to do it from the perspective of the animals, and the humans take a lesser role. So, because of that, yeah, it was kind of challenging and kind of funny in a way that Noah took a secondary role in his own story. And so I lifted the exact Account from Genesis, and it's very limited, isn't it? You know, there wasn't a lot of detail in that uh, scene that Moses wrote in Genesis. And I always joke that Moses needed to attend my creative writing class to learn how to write more detail. But I just lifted exactly what we know in Scripture, and then I layered the the layer of fiction that had to be plausible as I brought each of those human characters to life. So it wasn't that hard. You just go with the original script in Scripture, and then you weave the story and the talking animals around it.
0: Ah, Thanks, Miss Jenny.
3: And merci, Miss Hannah, for a
0: great question. Miss Jenny makes it so easy, but I'll bet she did some hard thinking there, too. She's one human that for sure is no turkey. And for some reason, you just reminded me of Monsieur Announcer, who needs to tell us about our next episode. Uh, Monsieur?
1: Uh, Monsieur what? Uh,
0: Monsieur Announcer.
1: Oh, fine. Uh, Well, next time, we'll get a good look at some very important humans, uh, Noah and his family. For as you may have noticed, it seems that the animals have almost reached their destination, and Noah is well aware of it, too. But is he ready? Plus, we'll meet even more animals from a different part of the world. It's an exciting time you won't want to miss. Uh, right, Max and Liz? Right, Diddy! Are oh, you guys! Once again, the Epic Order of the Seven, the podcast, is produced by Playful World Ministries, and The Ark, The Reed, and The Fire Cloud was written by Jenny L. Cody. To purchase your copy of The Ark, The Read, and The Fire Cloud on audiobook, log on to audible.com. And for all the amazing books by Jenny L. Cody, the entire collection of The Epic Order of the Seven, log on to Jenny's website, wwwepicorderofthe That's epicorderofthe See you next time on The Epic Order of the Seven, the podcast. And I'm Denny Brownlee. Thanks for joining us.
0: Have a
3: grand day. Au revoir, mes amis. Always remember... You are loved and you are able.